Praise the Lord. I'm getting so blessed recently by the book of Isaiah and really struck by how much this book speaks to our situation today. In the nations, and particularly here in Scotland, we are um, in the process of starting some meetings, um, really on a weekly basis, uh, for the purpose of positioning ourselves for the Great Awakening. Uh, my uh, co-labourer in the project of Arise Scotland is Stevie McKee, and he, he speaks about being yielded. And I put it as position for revival, but we're saying the same thing, which is that we need to be in a place where God can pour out his spirit upon us, can uh, manifest his glory through us. And a lot of people get caught up in the mechanisms or the the means, um, but they, they, they miss the objective, they miss the, the teleos, the, the end point of something, which is to be... Carriers and vessels of fire and glory is, is that wonderful book of Mario Morello's is Vessels of Fire and Glory. Preparing for the Great Awakening, positioning yourself. And a lot of people get caught up in the begging and squalling and bawling and, and the actual mechanism of prayer. And a lot of that is just show-off stuff. And a lot of that is also conditioning and programming that in order to have revival, there has to be, you know, Hours and hours and months and years of, of repentance, repentance, repentance. And it just produces sin consciousness. And I don't know that God wants a sin conscious people to carry and host this move of God that's coming. He wants people who know their position and place in Christ. Yes, with humility. And, you know, if you need to repent and get right with God was over stuff, then, then that, that's just Christianity 101. Anyway, but the point I'm trying to say is, is that it's about being positioned for revival, being in that place where you you yield to the Lord. And we're, we're, we're hearing that word, that old-fashioned Pentecostal word a lot, of tarry, of, of tarry. Uh, and, and tarry isn't just passive waiting, and nor is it, that, as I said, that begging and bawling, squalling, oh Lord, we beseech thee stuff, which is fine if it's Holy Ghost, uh, originated, but if it's just people being in the flesh and, and praying from that conditioned place of, well, this is how they got it in days of old, this is how we're going to get it now, let, let, let the Lord lead you. And I believe the Lord will lead you to being a yielded vessel, to being positioned for revival. You know, if you're living close to the Lord, then you're not going to be, have to spend a lot of time repenting for stuff. Um, a lot of that's just show. And that's not a popular thing. And sometimes you feel a little bit guilty saying stuff like this because people are sincere, but people only function at the level of the revelation. And God is asking us to move away from... You remember that the Reformation was born because Martin Luther saw that people were beating themselves up over sin, flagellating, crawling over broken glass, hurting themselves, you know, penance. See, this is the thing I'm talking about. Penance is not repentance. Penance is a religious trying to earn or buy God's approval. So anyway, I don't want to get into all that. I didn't mean to, but you know, if it needs to be said, it needs to be said. What I want to do is focus on Isaiah chapter 52. There's so much in Isaiah. And as you know, I 
look a lot at Isaiah 60, but there's a couple of verses I just want to look at. One, one verse, really. So let's just read from Isaiah 52, verse 1. It says, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. We're hearing awake a lot. Awake is a word we're hearing. Arise, of course, and awake, which is wake up. Wake up from what's going on. You need to awaken to what's going on. There's a lot of talk in the world today about being woke, but woke is just the counterfeit of being awakened, of wakening up. Awake thou that sleepest. Uh, Christ will give you light. Arise from the dead. In other words, arise from your dead slumber. Arise from the deadness of life as it is. Arise from business as usual. Arise from church as usual. Uh, awake from it. Awake from it. Awake up. Anyway, awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. So he's speaking to the people of God. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, which implies you're not wearing them. We need to, we need to be who God wants us to be, not the beat up, broke, bust, disgusted, you know, devil's punch bag, uh, broken down, ruined, you know, driving 25-year-old banger cars, church. You know, we need to start being... The, the holy city, the Zion of God, the, the kings and priests of God. For henceforth there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Now you, you could exegete that a lot and talk about stuff. I don't really want to spend a lot of time on it, but what I will say is this, is that he said no more church where people just do as they want, where people just live substandard, subpar lives, uh, broken down lives, lives marred and ruined into the bondage of sin, but to be the people of God. So that's enough for verse 1 right now, because I want to focus on verse 2. Although there's a lot in verse 1. We could talk about verse 1 for hours. But it's verse 2 that I believe the Lord would have us look at. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise. There's that word, arise. Arise, Scotland. Arise, Zion. Arise, Jerusalem. Arise, people of God. Wherever you are right now watching this, arise, awake and arise, get up and be who God's called you to be. He says, shake thyself from the dust. The dust is a particularly, uh, the dust is quite a, a great study. Remember back in Genesis, the Lord said, God said to the serpent, you'll eat dust. And dust reminds us of, uh, of flesh, of because your dust is flesh, isn't it? Um, dust, and, and the devil eats up the flesh. The devil eats our, up our, our lives. He eats our, our carnality. It's, it's food to him. When we mess up, when we become uh, in bondage to sin, then we're feeding the devil. He eats He eats on that the carnal part of us. That's why we need to be spiritually minded. That's why we need... To, to be spiritual minded is life and peace, and it starves the devil. The devil ain't got no hold on you, and nothing to sink his teeth into when you're living spiritually. So shake yourself from the dust, from from living fleshly, and be who you're meant to be. It, just it chimes in with verse 1. But sit in the dust, because he's saying here, arise, so shake yourself. Sitting in the dust implies a place of mourning. And being in the doldrums, you know, that, that was the, the custom back then, is that people would sit in the dust and mourn. So he's saying here, the days of grief and mourning are ended. Arise means to sit up. It's that Hebrew word kum. Um, 
Now, it means to sit up, but it can also be rendered and sit upon the throne of thy glory. <laughs> sit upon the throne of thy glory. That, that word, uh, to sit down, means that. Okay, arise means to, 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 to get up. Um, but it means it means to to get up, sit up, and then it, it, have you noticed how there's a little bit of a contradiction because it's arise and sit down. That's because they're in the dust. They're sitting in the dust. So he's saying arise from that and sit down upon a, a higher, exalted, noble place, the throne of your glory. So that Hebrew word arise, we've looked at that. Um, Kum, which means to take your place. It means to present yourself, as well as rising up, okay? So when you put it together, arise and sit down, he's saying uh, to sit up and sit down on the throne of glory, okay? Um, the throne of your glory. It's not sitting on God's throne, it's sitting on your appointed place at his right hand. My goodness me. So you're seated with him in heavenly places. And he's really saying here, remember that this, that Isaiah here, particularly these uh, chapters, are written to an end time people of God. So he's saying, stop living that substandard life and shake the, the flesh off, shake the carnality off, shake the doldrums off, shake the grief and mourning and oh, oh, this coronavirus is, what are we going to do? Or oh, this situation, shake all that off. And sit down in heavenly places with Christ. Arise. That word arise, of course, in Isaiah chapter 60, where he says, arise, shine. And it, it doesn't just mean a vertical rising. It means to present yourself and take your place. And in fact, there's a, there, is a, there is a translation that has it, take your seat, Jerusalem. Where is your seat? Your seat is seated with Christ. In heavenly places. You see, we want, we sometimes have this, earthbound notion we're supposed to live the ascended life I say it all the time that wonderful book by Kelly Vanner Secrets of the Ascended Life and that, that other book um, Moving from uh, Sword to Scepter by Wanda Alger um, saying the same thing we need to stop living from an earth to heaven perspective and start living from a heaven to earth perspective we're eagle saints we arise we, we rise up we fly over trials we live above trials, not live through them. And and if you really want to live through trials, then then live above them. All right. So I I, I just feel that we need to emphasise that. Uh, sit upon the throne of sit down, O Jerusalem. Ascend thy lofty seat, O Jerusalem, is is how uh, one person put. Ascend thy lofty seat. Live above it all. You know, people say, well, how can you do that? Well, well you, let me just say this. You have to do it. You've just simply got to do it. You must live this way. It's the only way to live is to live above your tracks, to live successfully, live victoriously. Uh, you know, overcomers. God wants you to be an overcomer. Why? Because you're over whatever comes your way. <laughs> I like that. You know, that's, that's inspired. That's anointed. You live over whatever comes your way. That, that's what makes you an overcome. Bring it on because I'm going to just go over it. You know, if you think about it this way, uh, think about it in battle, where 
you know, if you have a, a battle where, where warriors are fighting with swords, then all of a sudden the archers come along. They go over the battle to the maybe the leaders at the back or the troops at the back. They, they sail over. And then, of course, think about when, when you had um, the invention of the aircraft. And you have, instead of just fighting, you know, on, on ground level, infantry, artillery, you've got uh, planes going over. Um, and they're caught, you're sitting, sitting in the, the, the cockpit, you're more than a conqueror because you're over the battle and you're lobbing bombs into the enemy. That's how God is, wants us to live, to be overall, to arise. And, you know, when the seat of command, the seat of authority, the seat of, of, of dominion, is our heavenly seat. Our heavenly seat means that what we decree from that seat, we're literally sending angels to do the, the bidding of our voices, which we receive the purpose and will of God. And, and he gives us the privilege of saying, well, you're, you can do this. You can speak this. You can decree this. You can release this into the earth. Another thing about this is quite interesting. When it talks here about arise and sit down, it implies a lofty seat, it implies a throne. And back then, thrones had to have footstools. Oh, glory to God. That's why it says he's expecting his enemies to be made his footstool. He's expecting to put his feet on them. Who's going to do that task for him? You and I. Speaking his will, speaking his purpose, aided by the angels of, of the Lord of hosts, the, the angelic army. And so you, if you're going to have a throne, you have to have a footstool. You know, you know why? Because thrones were exalted. Thrones meant a high seat. It wasn't just a seat. You know, you, you, your feet might not be able to touch the ground. That's how high thrones were back then. So you need a footstool somewhere to sit comfy. Um, and Solomon's throne had a footstool. Now, other ways of saying it here, other translations say, rise up, sit in throne, Jerusalem, sit in a place of honour, that's the NLT. The, the Berean study Bible says, rise up and sit in your throne, O Jerusalem. Uh, and then there's a rise and sit in your throne, O Jerusalem. All implied, and uh, taken from the Hebrew, from those words, arise and sit down, meaning get up and sit in an elevated place, a place of honour, a seat of honour, a throne where dignitaries and nobles and princes and kings would sit, rulers would sit. So, isn't that wonderful? Position yourself for what's coming. Position you. He's. This is talking. Isaiah talks about here about getting in position. Get in position for where you're supposed to be. Take your seat. Take your place. And it isn't uh, scrubbing around the floor and the dust. You know. And, and this is the whole thing about revival. This, this brings us back to what I was saying, is that, you know, we think because we've seen it in the past, and maybe in the past it worked because that was a the level they were at, that getting on the floor, begging, bawling, squalling, oh, on your face before the Lord knees, wonderful. If the Holy Spirit is telling you to do that, you must do it. If the Holy Spirit is leading you to go that path, do that. But, you know, there's going to come a point, and I believe that point is now where God's saying, the old wine skin isn't what we're about anymore. I've been in I've been in prayer meetings where it's been that type of praying, and I've felt in my spirit. And you, you've got to challenge stuff like this. You've got to say to yourself, Lord, am I getting this right here? Because I'm feeling as if the Lord's not had enough of this. Because people are still praying in the old paradigm, the old wine skin, 
or they understood it worked back then. And it's not any longer, brother. See, what I'm trying to get, this is, this is, this is the heart of this. We need saints of God taking dominion right now over uh, wicked governments. You know, you can't fight the devil in the dust. Oh my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. It just came to me. I, I have to share this. I have to share this. I had no intentions of sharing this. I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't even thinking about it. The Lord just quickened me there. So I must share this. Many, many years ago, I was just a young believer. And, and when I first got saved, I just thought, you know, was it, uh, the, the grass was greener, the sky was bluer, that, that heaven speaks of all that. I mean, it was just mind-blowing. And all of a sudden, bang, hit a wall. As most new believers do. But anyway, but, but I, I didn't realise it back then. But I've come to see it now. I, 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 I did suffer from depression. I, I was susceptible to that. So this, this depression hit me big time. I was really depressed. And wasn't really getting comfort from, from people trying to comfort me. And, but anyway, one night I went to bed. And I'm in my bed. And all of a sudden, I came out of my body. I had an out-of-body experience. In my, in my bedroom, my parents' house. I, I still live in my focus point now. And um, I'm, I'm in my bedroom, beside my bed. I, I was in my bedroom, but I was also in the spirit world. I was in the spirit realm. And, and was conscious of another realm. But also conscious I was still in my bedroom. So anyway, the devil was there. And my goodness me, the power that I felt coming from that being. And fear, this is the thing, the devil's nature is fear. Fear coming off him in sheets, just, just pouring out of him. And the power, and, the, and I knew he's there to claim me. I was saved, I was born again, but, but I, you know, I, I was conscious he wanted to kill me. So anyway, the sheer power of him, I collapsed. And I'm lying, sorry, I'm, in, I'm on my face beside my bed, okay? But I'm in the dust. I'm in dust. There's dust. Uh, and, and that's just what the Lord quickened to me there. I'm in the dust. I'm, I'm in the room. I'm, I'm conscious. There I am in my bed, but I'm out, of my, I'm out of my body and I'm out of the bed and I'm on the floor beside my bed, but I'm in the spirit realm and I was conscious of in the dust. There was dust, uh, you know, I'm, I'm down on my knees. I was the power. And as I turned round, the devil's there and he's, you know, kind of towering over me. And and as I turned round, I saw my angel. And he's just standing there. <laughs> and I don't know if I said it or thought it or whatever else, but I'm going, why aren't you, or, you know, why is, why is he not helping? He's my angel. Why is he not helping me? You know, and, and, and I must have asked him or, or and, and as I looked at him, he pointed over my shoulder to the ground. So I turned around, looked at the ground, and there in the dust, brothers and sisters, in the dust, the dust of the, wherever I was in the spirit realm at that point, in the dust, but I'm still in my bedroom, 
was a, was a, a sword, a gleaming sword. It began to gleam. It began to gleam. It was just gleaming there in the dust. So I reached down through the dust, picked it up. And as I picked it up, this power and strength and rage I'm talking about, just, it was like the Incredible Hulk. You ever seen the Incredible Hulk just going berserk? That's what went through me. And, and I remember thinking, I don't care if I'll ever die. And remember that's Revelation. I don't care if I die here. Revelation chapter 12, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The word of the testimony is a two-edged sword because uh, one-edged sword, and the word in Greek means mouth, so a two-edged sword means two-mouth sword. See, God has released from his mouth the word, but it only becomes a two-edged sword, two-mouth sword, when you speak it. So I remember I just charged at the devil because I didn't care anymore. He took off. I was swinging wildly and he took off and I just went back into my body. So my angel did help me because he showed me the, you know, what I had to do. But that's what I remembered, that I was in the dust. Just Well, I remembered it there just now. The Lord quickened it to me. So shake thyself from the dust. Okay? And arise and take your place. That's what I did when I had that amazing experience in my bedroom. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive daughter of Zion. You and I need to loose ourselves right now from bands, fetters, chains, bondage, that you could say we're being subjected to by governments at this time. Wear a mask, you know, socially distance. Do this, do that. Fine if it's for safety purposes. Fine to follow. I mean, I mean, governments are supposed to protect us. But is it about that? Is it really? Now, if you, if you read some of the stuff I'm reading, look at some of the videos and hearing some of the things I'm hearing, you'd say, um, mm, 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 mm. some of it was maybe about that. But, you know, I don't buy into antichrist governments, protocols, when they tell me I, I can't sing in church, when they tell me that if I go to church I need to sit and be a mask on, all of that guff, because it's an attack of the church. And I'll plain say it, other men of God are saying it, some are too cowardly to say it. And that's, that's their bad, that's between them and God. But I'm saying it. I am not going to be bowing the knee to bail. Some of the stuff we put up with, you know, because there is a safety element to it. Some of it makes a little bit of sense. But but we know there's a line. And we know when governments have crossed that line. And they have crossed that line. And they don't want churches meeting. And the reason they don't want churches meeting is because of Psalm 2 and Psalm 149. Because the saints of God are purposed by God in the earth to bring about restraints. We're supposed to put bands, bonds, cords, restraints, chains, fetters, whatever you want to call them, on them so that they will pursue righteousness and base their laws on this book. We're, we're the ones that put that on them. But they don't want to do that, so they want to throw it off. So they're reversing it and saying, you've held us captive, we're going to hold you captive. But it's not going to work. Because why? Because we're shaking ourselves from the dust, we're arising, we're taking our seat, and we're decreeing. And decreeing means taking the two-edged sword of the spirit and wielding it, not just in, in spiritual warfare, but as a sector, 
A scepter is more than a sword. A man with a scepter commands thousands of swords, maybe maybe millions of swords. Okay. A man sitting in behind a desk has the power and authority to loose soldiers, tanks, planes, uh, battleships, destroyers, submarines, to command an army. And God's saying that he wants us to be, you know, when you rise through the ranks in an army, you start off as a private maybe or as an, an officer, low-level officer, but you're, you're, you're low rank and you have to get through boot camp and then you, you get find, find out how to, you know, make yourself look presentable, carry a gun, shoot a gun, you know, clean a gun. You get through the ranks. And God's saying to us just now, hurry up and get through the ranks. Hurry up and go f and from sword to scepter. Hurry up and go from being a capable warrior to a man who commands warriors or a woman who commands warriors. Because this is not gender specific we're all called to be soldiers in the army of the Lord, but we're also all called to be to to be people who can become ourselves. You know, a private that joins the army has the can become a general by just being really good at what he does. He can move through the ranks, and God is saying to you and I, you know, I didn't call you to be privates. I remember a man in a, a meeting once. Saying, well, you know, I just want to be one of God's pawns. I don't want to be a king or a queen or a whatever. I want to be one of God's pawns. And I said that God has no pawns. <laughs> he doesn't. You can start off as a private in the army, but you have to go somewhere. And the, the trajectory should always be upward. That's why he's saying, awake, awake to what? To your destiny, to what you're supposed to be doing in the Lord. And that's not... Oh, well, I don't know what we're going to do now. Oh, oh, we'll look to our leaders. Don't look to your leaders. Look to the Lord. And when you look to the Lord, you'll be conformed to his image. So then you'll know what to do. Yeah, a good leader is not going to keep you as a follower and keep you as a, a private. They're going to they're going to challenge you to get through the ranks. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm saying to you, whatever stage you are, you, you, you may be very advanced leadership, but there's still a bit to go. But... An advanced leader needs challenge. Are you bringing through people to be in the same leadership level as you? Or do you like, well, they come to me. No, 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 no. That's not leadership. Leadership is saying, I will train them up as best I can. And if they outstrip me, wonderful. Jesus said, greater works than these shall do. Now, the disciple is not above his master. But Jesus did say, listen, I've, I've, I've created some room here. So that you can go beyond me in, in the works level. You can have greater works than I. I mean, my goodness me, that's a leader. A leader will always push you. And if you if you become better than them, now nobody's going to become better than Jesus. But you know, we're going to we're the greater works company. Because he's purposed that. Because Jesus and, and the Father and the Holy Spirit, they understand that leadership is that you've got to take the cap off. Scotland, because I've got the line rampant behind me. Uh, Scotland needs leaders. They say, oh, we've got a wonderful government. If you believe that, then I've got a bridge to sell you. We have a government that needs the leadership of God's people more than ever before. Uh, and that's, that goes for most of the nations. That goes for Britain too. Now, 
you know, there are maybe certain things you agree with. Boris Johnson over in America, you know, Trump, has God raised these men up for a purpose? I believe he has. But we, but we, there's always going to be a place, a, a demand for good leaders. At any, in any generation, we need leadership. You know, Moses wasn't perfect, but a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful leader. Uh, but God had Joshua waiting. And you see, if we allow God to do his bit, then there'll always be leaders to succeed. We have a problem with succession, particularly in the church, because leaders won't raise up successors. What they want to do is keep them as followers, keep them on a certain level so that they can be the big cheese. And I'm sorry, but that's how it is. And in fact, I'm not sorry. I repent of saying I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. That's how it is. And it takes somebody prepared to speak the truth to say, if you're in a leadership position right now and have been for a while, and you don't have a successor, but but it's not your fault. You've been looking for one thing, but if but if you have allowed maybe successors to slip through your fingers because you wanted to hold on to the reins of power, then repent. You see, we need this. We we need people to awake, and we need people to arise, and we need leaders to do it to awake and arise to their destiny, which is to raise up leaders. The fivefold ministry, Ephesians chapter 4, is to develop the perfect man, which in one translation actually says the perfect men, meaning that it's a corporate body. The fivefold ministry is to is to raise up the man-child corporate overcomer in the earth, particularly at this time. Well, I've preached myself happy, covered some things that I'm very much feeling strongly about this time, but... Isaiah is a great place to be reading right now. I want it always is. I've lived in Isaiah for years, uh, seen so many things, particularly chapter sixty, chapter fifty-one, all these chapters. Just but but the whole book. I mean, much of my ministry, much of my revelation comes from the book of Isaiah, as as Jesus, of course, quoted much from the book of Isaiah. So anyway, that's where we are, folks. Um, I hope you're blessed with that. Uh, shake yourself from the dust rise up take your seat of honor take the throne uh, dimension that god has uh, purpose for you seated with him seated at the right hand of the majesty on high with christ in christ beside christ him and you and as you as the part of you that functions on this earth he's in you who's in you the lord of glory the one who's far above all principality and power. And and that connection, that oneness that you have, because you're one spirit with him, that you have with him means that you are actually never in a position where you should be in the dust. Uh, and and you, you, you're you not called. The serpent's called to live in the dust. You're called to trample him. You're called to trample the dragon. You're called to stand on the sea serpent. You're called to stand on the tannin. You're called to to, to, to to stomp on his head. Hmm, I'm happy. Arise and sit down on a throne of glory. Loose yourself. Then I like that. Loose yourself. Then I need to get somebody to pray for my deliverance. So can you guys pray for me? I forget that. Loose yourself. Why? Because you know who you are. Oh, captive daughter of Zion. It's 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 a corporate thing, but it's also a personal thing. If you're in bondage to anything right now. Then, then declare yourself free and um, speak that you're delivered. Take your place. Start ruling and reigning. Move from sword to scepter. Uh, go from just being a wonderful warrior to being somebody who's a general or an admiral. Now, so you're talking about self-appointed. 
Nobody's self-appointed. And those that are are idiots. We're not talking about that. I don't want to get into all that, but what I'm saying to you is take your place. You know, you can lead from where you are. That doesn't mean to say that you become Jezebelic and start bossing people about and telling pastors, well, you're not doing a good job, step aside, sonny boy. I'm not talking about that. If you have too many of them, I'm not talking about being a Jezebel. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, and the best person to lead, of course, is yourself. Take dominion over the things, affairs of your own life. But lead in the place of prayer. This honour have all his saints. What honour? To bring restraints upon the rulers of that. Read Psalm 1 for me. Take your place where it says that you're supposed to do, which is be a person who, in, even from your own bedroom, from your own bed, you can command the destiny of nations and speak to, to leaders uh, the decrees of God. Because that's God's will for you. This honour. It's, it's not just his will. It's, his, it's an honour for you. This honour have all his saints. You know, if something doesn't stop me here, I'm going to keep just keep going on. <laughs> I want to because I'm getting into this stuff again. You know, oh, I hear a lot of the same stuff when you minister, Bill. Well, yes, because that's God's message that he's given me. I'm just shocked that more people don't get it, as in uh, preach it. You know, we're all called to preach the things that God gives us. But this stuff's 101. It ought to be 101. It's stuff I teach. Teach uh, in meetings, teach in, in this type of setting, teach at Bible college. I teach this stuff because it's 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 the Bible. And, and it's all over the Bible. The, the dominion of the saints. Uh, the kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our God, of our Lord, of his Christ, and of the saints. You know, we're Christ in that we're in him, he's in us. We're anointed, the word Christ just simply means anointed one. We're, we're, we're a little Christ, or, or we're part of the Christ body, we're part of his body. We're part of his church, which is his governmental assembly, ecclesia, ecclesia, however you pronounce it. Or some people like ecclesia, it doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say is that this is your two-edged sword. That God wants you to become so proficient at wielding that you actually become in a sense elevated, but you're already there. But what, I, what I'm trying to say is that you become somebody who understands my natural realm or domain or habitation is the throne room of God. That's where I belong. That's where I sit. I'm seated with him. And when I speak, it releases angels, maybe legions of angels, to bring about that purpose. And then I'm not talking here about oh, commanding angels. Some, you can get a little bit wacky doing that. I mean, I heard Bill Johnson speak about that just recently. And you have to be very careful that you don't, you just don't go off. You just keep speaking God's word. That's it. And keep praying God's word. And let God send the angels, if you understand. The angels are there to do your bidding. Um, but all you have to do is speak the will of God. And throne room loving, throne room praying, throne room dwelling is, is being in that place and conscious of being in that place where you know who you are, you know where you are you know what you're doing which is to speak the, God's word over the nations lead the nations by speaking God's word over them and knowing that you're, you're in the throne room you might be sitting in your bedroom you might be sitting in, you know, in Tesco but you know where you are your connection 
your bi-locality, as it were, because you might be sitting in Tesco or, you know, in a garden centre or walking in the park or in your workplace, but, but you're also seated with them in heavenly places. And what you say from that place and being conscious of that place is what will change the situation, the circumstances, and also bring a mighty deliverance to the nations and the great awakening that's coming. Oh, I'm so excited. The Lord bless you, folks. Keep watching um, and keep believing. And remember, you can do this from your bedroom. You can do this from your car. You can do this as part of your everyday living in life. And you must, particularly at this time. Lead the nations, change the nations, transform society, bring the kingdom, and let God's purpose and will be done here on earth as it is up there. The Lord bless you, folks.